Well, I've been involved in organizing probably 200 events over the years, many of them at the public library, either in Bethlehem or Albany, mostly Bethlehem. Before this month, this current crisis, what were the most common events that your your group would be organizing? Well, uh, anybody that's interested in knowing what kind of work we've done, it's all documented on our website, which is at uh, BethlehemNeighborsForPeace.org. We've been hosting events uh, for about 20 years. Uh, We've covered climate change, all of the wars. Uh, That's been our main focus. We've tried to cover just about every issue you can think of related to peace and justice. And the group is mostly made up of? Residents of Bethlehem, right? Yes, we have a a mailing list of, I don't know, maybe 350 people, but the active members are pretty much all from the Bethlehem area. It's a lot of elderly people at this point because um, most of us got into it 20 or 25 years ago. So, uh, But we've been at it a long time, and we occasionally get a new member, but we have a pretty solid core of people that have been at it for a long time. And so what was the origin of the event last week with Miko Khaled? Well, we had had him speak once before. I think it was 2017. I think that event was at the Albany Public Library. Uh, We were all pretty impressed with what he said. He's really articulate and really speaks about uh, the issues of the Palestinian people and what they've gone through. And uh, he's a pretty credible person because he's an Israeli. He grew up in Israel. Uh, His father was a general. He was himself was in the Israeli military. His grandfather was one of the founding members of Israel. So most of us were familiar with his work. We appreciate that he's taken a pretty controversial stand against the Israeli government and their treatment of the Palestinians over the past 75 years. And uh, a lot of us were feeling pretty upset about all the events that have happened recently. And we thought, well, if we could get him to come and speak, uh, he would be, uh, you know, an excellent speaker. And a lot of people would be interested in hearing what he had to say. When he came and spoke in, I forget if you said 2017, was there a lot of controversy around that event? None at all. None at all. Uh, He came, he spoke to a crowd of, I don't know, maybe 40 people. Uh, He gave a really powerful presentation. He just laid out uh, his perspective. Uh, People seemed to really appreciate what he had to say. So we thought, well, this would be a really great opportunity to get a voice from somebody who has a, a really good perspective that's different than what you're getting in the mainstream media. When did you start to get the idea that this time was going to have a different reception, was going to be a little different? Well, it came on really suddenly, maybe a week before the event. We knew that uh, there was uh, opposition that was organizing. I got probably 70 phone calls about the event. I, I knew that people were asking a lot of questions. Then the Bethlehem Public Library was getting a lot of calls as well. They decided to hold a public meeting and give people an opportunity to voice their concerns. So that was last Monday. I guess that would have been the 4th. 
I wasn't there. Several members of Bethlehem Neighbors for Peace did go, but we really didn't think there would be that much opposition. We thought, well, you know, we're a small organization. This is a small town. He's going to speak for one night at the library. But as it turns out, close to 100 people probably spoke. Um, most of them spoke against the, a library allowing him to speak, but the library policy, they felt they had to let us go ahead. But this group that was uh, opposing the presentation was very vocal, very demanding. So then they showed up Tuesday night at the event, and it was clear that they were going to try to shut it down. One of the problems was that the room will only accommodate about 90 people, and probably 200 people showed up. So there was a lot involved in crowd control, trying to get a, a fair way to get people in on a first-come, first-served basis, and trying to make sure that everybody was safe. It was a difficult situation. Did you get an idea what the organizing force was behind the opposition? Not really. Other than that their goal was to not let him speak and to, you know, they were taunting him, they were taunting us, they were trying to stir up the crowd a little bit. They were, this one woman was wearing a Israeli Air Force t-shirt and she was taunting me, she was taunting the speaker. A couple times while he was trying to speak, they started to he, chant. He called. He like speech. called her out. He called her out. Well, in the middle he of did. A, yeah. Talk. After she'd been taunting him, well, there were really two of us that were trying to do crowd control. I was one of them, and she <laughs> and a uh, another person pretty much followed us around with their phones, recording everything we did or said. And uh, I think she wore that T-shirt with the, you know, with the intent of aggravating the crowd. I think it's important to say that it was clear on the video that the audience there was very diverse and clearly many Muslim people in the audience. There, was there were a lot of, you know, just seemed like all different kinds of people in a really diverse and, and large group that were there to hear the speaker. Not, I don't want to give the impression that that 200 people were there and all but. 15 of them were there because they were angry about the speaker. I don't think that was the case, right? Yeah. There, I mean, there were people there. Uh, there was a, a mother with carrying a sleeping child. I mean, it was a variety of people. The people brought their There were people that brought their kids. Uh, I don't think they had any expectation that there was going to be any trouble. Um, but it was tense. And uh, this group that was trying to shut the program down had called the police and the police had arrived and and the people that had called them knew they were there so they immediately went to the police and tried to get the police to shut down the program which was mm. chilling to me <laughs> just i've just thought this is how you end up living in a police state when people expect the police to prevent somebody from speaking and uh, they were also putting a lot of pressure on the library staff to shut us down. Yeah. They kept telling the library staff that it was hate speech, that we were anti-Semitic. 
by the end of the night, the police chief was there. There were some police wearing their bulletproof vests, and uh, it looked like, oh, it really did look Orwellian. But um, at the end of the night, we considered it a success. Nobody had been hurt. There were no, you know, really significant incidents. But then again, last night, the library had another meeting, and those same people showed up again. <laughs> One after another, the speakers accused Bethlehem Neighbors for Peace of being anti-Semitic, uh, supporters of hate speech, a hate group uh, promoting violence. Um, they said that we didn't have any respect for Hanukkah. I mean, they had any number of complaints. Yeah about us, and the library basically, to some degree, reversed their position and said that they are going to take action against Bethlehem Neighbors for Peace. They may shut us down. We don't know. By shut you down, you just mean not let you hold events at the library in the future? They might. They haven't said yeah. for sure what they're going to do, whether they're going to give us a suspension period or they're going to tell us we can't come back at all. They haven't said what they're going to do. But they did, to some degree, seem to be inclined to believe the people that were um, referring to us as anti-Semitic and, and, and a hate group. So they didn't, some of those people said really things that were pretty difficult to listen to and were clearly untrue and... Uh, it was a, another very difficult situation, and uh, that's where we stand right now.